Alright peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be answering all sorts of hot nonsense from YouTube. Lots of gems, lots of F-bombs, and lots of... Go ahead, ask KFG about Bruce Lee's death one more time. Just come on, one more time. Let's get to it. And every day, I practice martial arts. Watch out! Yo, Dre, how you doing, man? I'm all good, Sifu. You all, all good? good. Yes, Sifu, wow. are you all good? I am all good, too. Yes. Okay. Here we are in another Saturday morning. Despite what was just happening, are you all good? Yeah, if the audience <laughs> only knew what was going on just right before we hit record. <laughs> right. right? They you, never, they us never finding out about your see. weird habits with your computer. <laughs> your computer that doesn't work. And then Mikey is like, uh, Dre, do you ever shut down your computer and restart? And then you look at it and be like... Huh? I just did. It's like, no, you just closed just the lid. <laughs> now we know why your computer doesn't function yeah. at all. Uh, so uh, we, you know, I'm going to Florida in December. Why? So uh, you spend, <laughs> spend some time with my parents. I know he, he always gets separation anxiety when I leave, you know. He really takes it hard. You know I know he mean? does. Really I know. Hard. Yeah. Like every, every year for like the last few years when I go to Florida for that whole month, he... Um, he, I can tell, like a couple of weeks before, I get, he's very agitated. Oh, no, when he comes into school, like he's often just like laying in the corner, like kind of weeping, Suck, sucking his thumb, sucking his for thumb, the whole month. You know what yeah. I mean? For the whole month, and mm -hmm. it's like, are you, you leaving know, for a whole month this time again? No, no, no. I'm not quite going for a whole month. Or Two just weeks? maybe three weeks, three and a half weeks. Uh huh. Yeah, really? About three weeks. About three weeks. Yeah. Okay. I'm driving He'll down. It's like a it's a. Uh, it's soothing for me to like get in the car and drive down to Florida and kind of get out of the city and stuff and then, you know, be, mm. be with my parents and stuff, uh, you know, spend time with the well, family. I get to be with the parents. Thing. Yeah, I get that. I but get also that. I got to get away from you. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> this is a little too much than <laughs> any normal human. I should don't be get expected. that part. That's so, the part I don't like. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't get that part, right? No, I don't like that one. Yeah, so um, as a result, we have to record a bunch of episodes yeah. because the KFG comes out every week, so we need to have one episode a week. So we are like going to be doing four episodes in the next week mm -hmm. to make sure that we have enough episodes through like the second week of January so that when I go to Florida, I don't have to be bothered with the KFG yeah. podcast. But before we get started, I just wanted to say something real quick about our Patreon page, because our Patreon page is kicking some serious ass. Serious. Um, so, you know, for people who like what we do here, smash obviously it. one of the easiest ways to support us is on Patreon. Simply smash and, uh, it. And what I do on pa and Patreon, you can support us for like as, as low as like five bucks a month, you know. It was five cents. It's five bucks, my bad. This guy here. I told guy, someone the other day it was five he's cents. The, he's the anti-pitch man. He's the, <laughs> he's the anti-hype man. like, yo, you could be a Patreon, five cents, as little as five cents a day. My, my cups cost more than five cents. Remember <laughs> that? Like, I'm going to get you, sucker. The Wing Chun Mike Lindell in the house. That's you know right. Saying, That's right. So, uh, you know, so, so people, can, people can support us for as little as five bucks a month. And you okay. get, you get uh, episodes early. So generally our episodes come out on Monday. Yeah. Unless it's some major catastrophe. Oh. And uh, usually what I do is I try to get the episodes out on Friday to all of our Patreons. So they get it like, you know, two, three days early, sometimes Saturday. They get, that they get the episode preview. first. Yeah, yeah, they get the sneak preview. And then what I also do as an added uh, bonus, and even this is just for people who support me at the $5 level, um, is I give them the Instagram subscriber only content. Uh, because if you're on my um, my IG, you can also subscribe and I do like a weekly Kung Fu tip or Wing Chun mm -hmm. tip on Instagram. And I didn't want people to feel like I was like, oh, well, you, you gotta pay the five bucks on Instagram to get like those tips. And then on Patreon, it's five bucks to get the early episodes. So if you're wow. on Patreon, 
and you pay five bucks a month, you get the early episodes, but you also get like the Instagram stuff too. If you are not, you know, if you don't support me on Instagram that's, that way too. And then of course on, on Patreon, we have uh, other levels of support too. Like I think for 25 bucks, you get the shout out in the episode description for 50 bucks. You get a, uh, your own, uh, like a 15 minute chat with me and for a hundred bucks or the baller level a month, Ooh. you get your own private KFG Ooh. episode. Yeah. So yes. we got a couple guys like that who have their own Ooh. private KFG Wait, episode. It doesn't, it doesn't get aired. No, no, no. I just do it for, well, you know what I do is I oh. do it for them and then I put it on Patreon. Yeah. And then I ask them, like, do you want me to put this out in public or whatever? And then usually they're, like, cool just having their own episode there right. or whatever, right? Sweet. And I keep that for the Patreon guys. So so uh, the those baller supporters get their own episode. And then the only people who can watch those episodes are Patreons, right? Wow. So, um, so there's a lot of, like, Patreon-only content that's not just about the early episodes. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, so we have all these different levels of support. And that's really the best way to support the KFG. So uh, yeah, if you guys are just in supporting us on Patreon, the link is in the description below. And uh, that's like the easiest way to help us out. So yeah. uh, so anyway. Like and subscribe as well. Like and subscribe, that, yeah. Smash hit the, that button. Hit that bell for notifications. Because yeah, sometimes yeah. you'll subscribe to a channel on YouTube and then after a while you won't get any notifications because you didn't, you have to do that extra yeah. step of uh, notifications, yeah, right? That Liberty Which, Bell. Yo. What? Yo. Not the Liberty that, Bell. The that Division Bell. Oh. Oh, I was thinking of something else. Li Liberty Bell is a euphemism for a <laughs> hanging. All right? <laughs> See, what? now I just learned something new. I yeah, had yeah, no yeah. idea. I, I had no clue. And, and the only reason I know that is because I had a friend in Seattle who yeah. worked for an adult video store, and the adult video store was called Liberty Bell. Wow. And then I asked him, like, why is it called Liberty Bell? Is it because, like, your freedom to sell adult materials? He's like, no, because it's like, Liberty Bell's like the best thing down. That wow. is, and I was like, oh, uh, okay. That is something. That's there amazing. You, you yeah. see, I made a Pink Floyd reference because I'm an adult. You're, ad you're adult? <laughs> I'm adult. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, Y'all's is all funny. Anyway. I'm still stunned by that. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm amazed. <clears throat> yeah, and also, you know, uh, Wing Chun Illustrated, it's like our or it's like our big supporter. They've been our supporter for okay. way back in the day. Way back in the days of dudes of kung fu before I even knew who you were. Just true, kidding. true. Nah, I knew who you were yeah, back yeah. then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and now uh, Wing Chun Illustrated has a, a paperback edition for their magazine, which mm -hmm. uh, which they didn't have before. And you can actually get it uh, um, through Amazon now, mm. which is like big. Because once you're on Amazon, that's like, yeah. that's major, right? Yeah, um, get that Amazon Prime yeah, delivery. because then you're Next everywhere, day. right? So you can, they still have the uh, the MagCloud version. Like you can still order like the print on demand version or whatever, but now you can get it through Amazon. You can get like a, a paperback edition. Sweet. And, um, you know, which is pretty dope, which means you can basically get it wherever you have Amazon and you can figure out the best way to get that thing shipped to you. So yeah, Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine on Amazon. Amazon's like worldwide, yo. Is it? I think so. That's a real. They're going all over. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks, thanks Dre, Dre, for that contribution to the conversation. No, Did you know that are. Amazon is worldwide? Yeah. There's this thing called the internet as well. Get out there and space make big waves too. in the world. But who's trying to get to who's space? trying to get out there in space? He's trying to get out there in space. That's why he's, he's going out to space. He's trying to look at the, the demographics out there and check it out. So what if you could transport back in time for a front row seat into the life and legacy of one of the most respected Wing Chun masters in history? Gong Sao Wong, a tribute. Direct students on Sifu Wong Shilong offers you just that. Through a series of exclusive conversations, 25 direct students share anecdotes, reflections, and personal stories offering 
offering in-depth understanding of the man behind the legend. Order your copy today across 12 Amazon marketplaces with free shipping. I absolutely love this book, and I think you'll find it an indispensable part of your collection. I can't recommend it enough. Get yours today. Go to Amazon, type in Gong Sao Wong, and there you go. All right, Dre, so what you got for me? I got JPS Steve <laughs> Shanahan. JPS okay. Steve Shanahan. All right, there we go. It's getting okay. better. It's getting better. Get it's there. That. It's there, man. I feel like you pronouncing <laughs> his name is like the whole story arc of this um, <laughs> podcast. And the moment you pronounce his name, damn near hundred episodes. The, 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 the moment you pronounce his name correctly, yeah. that's when the KFG podcast stops. Oh. All right, go ahead. Sifu. Mm-hmm. Here's something to ponder about. Okay. As you already know, Bruce was vehemently against racism of any kind. Vehemently? What's that word again? Vehemently. Vehemently. Okay? Vehemently. Even turned down roles he'd considered demeaning. Yes. He'd make it a point in portraying the Chinese community in a respectable on-screen light. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You can make the argument that Bruce Lee was indirectly responsible for popularizing the stereotype that all Asians know martial arts. You could make the case that he destroyed one stereotype by creating another one. Uh-huh. That's a very, very good observation. That right? is a great observation. Yeah. I mean, we are, we are children of the 80s, although we were born in the 70s. We really, our heyday was the 80s. Yeah. And I remember, like, if there was an Asian kid in the class, <laughs> you assumed that guy knew martial arts, right? right? Yeah, and 100%. why? 100%. Yeah, 100%, right? Oh, yeah, no, no. That we had a rule back home. It's like, um, you know, if you're going to start fights in bars, you know, don't and go for it. Fight, start with an Asian guy. You don't know what he may know. <laughs> yeah, he might know something, right? know something. Yeah. That no, is wild. No, that it is, is true though. Such a I mean, wild for, stereotype. I mean, it, it's not. It's it's not that way now. Maybe. All right. Yeah. But when I grew up in the eighties, yeah. you know, and uh, the, like I, yeah. I I didn't grow up somewhere where there were tons and tons of Asian people. I didn't, I didn't grow people. with Asians at all. Right. How about that? <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Given what you understand. Yeah. That makes sense. How sheltered you are. <laughs> yeah. So sheltered. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, back in the eighties, that was the assumption. Why? Because you know we watched tons of martial art movies and yeah. and martial art films, especially Hong Kong films. Mm -hmm. Everyone in there generally knew martial arts, and mm. obviously everyone in those films was Asian. All right. Wow. So you had this idea, like, hey, that one Chinese kid, you know, yeah, he. Uh, he definitely knew Kung Fu or something like that, right? You don't mess with him. Yeah, I mean, that is interesting. That was at least in our heyday, which is just right after the whole Bruce Lee boom. Mm -hmm. That was the perception, right? And, and you know, I remember, like, being disappointed when I would, like, ask, like, I mean, nowadays you, you think about it and you cringe. Like, in elementary school, there was this one, um, this one kid I went uh, to school with. His parents were from Taiwan. Yeah. And I think I asked him, like, do you know any Kung Fu? And he was like, what? <sighs> He's like, what's that? He was like the math whiz, right? Yeah. And he's like, Kung, you mean like martial arts? I was like, no, my parents don't let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember great. just being like so disappointed, yeah. right? Oh, um, wow. You know, of course, he was like the smartest kid in class or whatever. It's like yeah. his parents wouldn't let him do that. He's got real stuff like schooling to attend to, right? But I just remember so, going like, your parents won't let you do martial arts and you're Chinese? Yeah. <laughs> Like, what is that? Like, I just remember just being so confused, right? Like, how can this be? This doesn't make any sense, yeah, yeah. right? 
wow. And and uh, that was uh, that was the perception back then, right? Um, yeah, I mean, Bruce Lee didn't take on uh, certain roles. I mean, he he definitely went through a period, especially in the late '60s, where jobs were really lean. I mean, after you know, Green Hornet lasted for one season. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, it just didn't have the ratings for whatever reason. Even though people really liked Bruce Lee. And I just think that it was under the shadow of the Batman TV series a little bit. And I just think that, you know, it wasn't quite the right vehicle, right? I think but it was it, the fear of hornets in general. People oh, yeah? fear hornets. Especially green, green ones. ones. Yeah. No, Especially it's, it's green legit. ones. Yeah. Like, it's a okay. legit fear. Yeah. I mean, Bees I've been... and hornets yeah. are like, I've yo. I've been stung twice and yeah. both times by a hornet. Yeah, yeah. No, that, once that, in the that, mouth oh. and once in the hand. <laughs> what? Worst thing in the world, yeah. In the mouth? What yeah. are you doing? You running no, with your apple, mouth open? Apple picking. In, with your in, mouth in, in upstate in upstate with my mouth yeah it's a very painful and slow process yeah. no i just uh went apple picking it was just a couple of years ago and 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 i grabbed one of the apples out and there was a hornet on it and i didn't see it and when i went and bit into it it went right into the side of my oh, mouth and flew away dude. i was like oh so painful this happened like <clears throat> three years ago like, something what? like that yeah, yeah yeah you never told me this no no I, I tried not to share you trauma with you because of how abusive you are you couldn't tell you because you couldn't speak I wouldn't have yeah. would yeah. gotten that ass hey oh, what, hey, what? <laughs> you would have gotten the hornet's ass <laughs> I would love to see that wow getting that ass Drake getting that ass getting that right. ass yeah so yeah so okay what were we talking yes. about again? Right, Hornets, right? Uh, so, you wow. know, Bruce went through a period where it was very lean in terms of getting jobs, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he just, uh, unfortunately, you know, Hollywood at that time, and one could argue even Hollywood still to this day, you, you, you don't have the same opportunities for uh, Asian uh, actors, whether Asian-American or, or, or just Asian, to be leading characters in films and tv um or or if they do sometimes it's done in a somewhat pandering kind of way um and so he wasn't he wanted part of bruce's problem too i think was that he wanted the big roles he didn't want like second fiddle roles and stuff and uh he had to do a couple of those in some tv shows um and he did some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, like you know, he was a consultant, like he did um, film choreography and stuff like that. But he really wanted to be the guy yeah. in front of the camera. Yeah. He wanted to be the dude, right? Which ultimately led to that, right? Yeah. Um, so there's also a lot of talk about how he turned down a lot of roles, mm. and I and you know because the representation for a lot of Chinese actors or Asian actors at that time was you know, to play stereotype roles. Uh, there was never a play against type where it was like you would be the Chinese guy who was also really strong and, you know, whatever. It was like, no, you had to be kind of meek or or it was like Bruce Lee said, like, you know, with the pigtails and, you know, and, and essentially playing a coolie, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't want to do that, but I think part of that was also because he wanted to have major roles and he didn't want to have these kind of smaller roles on top of the fact that he felt that maybe those depictions were also um, <clears throat> yeah, racist and, and mm-hmm. not what he wanted at all. So I think part of Bruce Lee not taking certain roles was a little bit of a mixed bag of him taking personal offense to some of it, but him also holding out for the, the bigger thing. Mm. You know what I mean? That he perhaps could have taken some smaller roles and worked up to something bigger. That would have been another route he could have gone, but he just decided not to do that because... In his mind, he you know he knew Steve McQueen. He was competitive with Steve McQueen. Okay, 
he bought a Porsche <laughs> with a few thousand dollars he inherited from his father uh-huh. at a time when he could barely afford his mortgage yeah. because Steve McQueen had a Porsche. So I, I think it's easy not to be an armchair psychologist, mm. but to kind of see that Bruce wasn't taking those small bit parts because he saw himself as being a competitor to Steve McQueen. And so why would he then take these smaller roles, right? So, of course, I, uh, so I, I have a feeling that some of, you know, what is now kind of in a 2020 hindsight bias, place like Bruce Lee being super offended by certain roles and not taking certain roles, um, I think there's also part of it, too, that he was also holding out. I also feel that the, he probably may have occasionally gotten one or two offers that would not have been as bad, but he just felt that they were probably a little bit beneath him. Okay. Um, and that might have something to do with it. Um, so, you know, when, when we look at the, like the Pierre Burton interview where he was talking about, you know, oh, they're always looking for like the stereotypical type thing or whatever. Um, you also can't forget that the first role that he auditioned for, um, which is that famous screen test that we've all seen where he's in the suit you know, the black and white one right. where he's doing the, you know, this is a crane form and he shows all that kind of stuff. That was not a screen test for Green Hornet. That was a screen test for Charlie Chan's number one son. With Ed McMahon. And he kicked Ed McMahon. He, that wasn't Ed McMahon, you ignoranus. That wasn't Ed McMahon. All right. <laughs> what is, who was that guy? That's just any old ass white guy who was there. <laughs> that was Ed, Ed McMahon. McMahon. That guy was like 80 years old in like 1960s. Ed McMahon to me. You are in rare form today, Dre. I know. Whatever it is that you did before you got onto this podcast, I want some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What? No. Uh, so that, I don't feel <laughs> that audition was for Charlie Chan's number one son. Oh, it was not for Green Hornet. That thing ended up getting shelved, and then later he got Green Hornet. But everyone's like, "Oh, this is Green Hornet screen test." It was actually for Charlie Chan's number one son, which is one of those stereotypical, as Bruce Lee would say, kind of chop chop roles. Yeah. Wow. So um, I think it's 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 one of the easy tropes to say that Bruce Lee didn't take on certain roles because he felt offended by it. But I also think that. It was easier for him to say that during the Pierre Burton interview nearly 10 years later after he had made Big Boss and Fist of Fury and had success. I don't know exactly if that's what he would have said in 1964. Okay. So I think that we always need to be mindful of hindsight bias. Uh, We need to be mindful of always looking at things through a modern day lens and applying that as a template thrown over, insert 1960s, insert early 70s, and then say, see, this is, this is the narrative, okay? It's easy to say that now, and it's easy to pick out random things to support that. Um, <clears throat> and certainly Bruce Lee would not have wanted to take certain roles. I'm not saying that that wasn't the case, but I also have a feeling that there, there's a, a, a heavy amount of narrative soup that is dumped on a time period where basically Bruce Lee kind of just wanted to work, but also wanted to be the big star. And so I think that he occasionally worked against his self-interest in that aim. I mean, it ended up working out for him at the end with the exception of his untimely death. But again, you have to be really careful not to apply hindsight bias Mm -hmm. onto narratives. All right. Because it's very easy to construct narratives and meaning and purpose after the fact 
Um, and <clears throat> that doesn't necessarily represent what was going on in real time during his life. Um, so, you know, did Bruce Lee then um, single-handedly and unwittingly create the stereotype that all Asians knew martial arts? Um, I think he definitely boosted that, but obviously it wasn't intentionally. Um, and while uh, I've heard from some Asian Americans uh, that their experience growing up because of that was not positive. Mm. You know, the idea that, you know, sometimes uh, people would say things, go up to them and go like, what? Like do those kind of Bruce Lee cat calls. Oh, man. Or they'd be like, oh, you must know Kung Fu or assuming that they knew Kung Fu was probably uh, very difficult for some Asian Americans growing up who didn't do martial arts or have any interest in that. Wow. Um, on the other hand, I think the reason why that happened, if you can take away what people perceive as some kind of injury from that, is uh, even Diana Inosanto, you know, Diana Inosanto's daughter, she's okay. also an actress. She said, you know, she, her words, she said that, like, you know, Bruce Lee kind of put balls on Asian men. There was a perception of, of Asian, especially Asian males, being somewhat meek and not very strong and, you know, not very, for lack of a better term, manly. And Bruce kind of smashed that. Mm -hmm. So um, you can see where that is a double-edged sword for Asian Americans growing up after that, right? You know, um, <clears throat> having this idea that, you know, yeah, there's some people that are going to perceive that you know martial arts, like me growing up. Yeah. And then there are other people that are going to think that you might know martial arts when you don't and you have no interest in that and you're sick of hearing of it, right? So it's like everything else, it's like, your mileage may vary, right? I think the, the best thing to do is to look at both sides of, of that story. I think it's just, it's just too easy to apply hindsight bias to, to narratives that we create 30, 40 years after the fact. Mm -hmm. You really have to look at things in the context of their time. You can look at things in terms of legacy. What is the long-term effect of what Bruce Lee did or, or whatever? But I think you have to be careful of pushing that legacy of what he means now to people and then saying that's what it was in the 70s when people didn't really know that much about him yet. I think the perception was very different. So anyway, what else you got for me, Dre? Unbelievable stuff. Okay. Next up, we got Andrew Lynn. Oh, damn it. What? Huh? What's wrong with that? Dude forgets to edit out my F-bombs. It's the demonetizer. <laughs> yeah, the demonetizer. the demonetizer. He's the reason why, because well, yeah, I was looking at my monthly, in, like for, I mean, uh, YouTube, like mm -hmm. our YouTube revenue is dog shit because mm -hmm. we get, you know, each episode's only like a few thousand views because uh, I, I refuse to, you know, wear a suit and tie and, and, and look at Wing Chun videos and tell the world why everything sucks and just be just kind of a n negative Nancy. And then no, I, know that that, Nancy. I know that's the path to million views. Oh. Um, it's me just watching shit and talking shit about it. Um, but like for me, uh, what, what's interesting is that the audio version of this podcast. Okay. So it's... people listening to it in cars keeps doing this. Mm. Right? And, to the and, top. and the YouTube views, because YouTube is not optimized for long form content. YouTube is optimized for um, 10 minute videos on a singular topic okay. that outrages people with an outrageous thumbnail. That's the that's the right. that's the trick to get good, good at YouTube, right? Become um, so a long cool. form podcast where you talk about multiple topics. Mm. Really, the, the YouTube algorithm really doesn't know what to do with that, right? Um, and, and, but I'm fine with there that. There are some podcasts that, that's, 
yeah, have well, made yeah, but but that, like obviously that. if you're a uh, if you're a huge celebrity, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, the, those comedians out in L.A. or whatever who have a name, yeah, they can have a two-hour podcast. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, because Bill I've, Burr is your guest. <laughs> okay? I've watched three-hour yeah. podcasts all the yeah, day. Yeah, I know, but it's like, but, you know, because you, you have Kanye as yeah. your guest, yeah, all right? right okay, right. like, that's the, you can't, like, say, well, these, there are long-form podcasts are out there that do well. Yes, ones with celebrities, yeah. right? They have name recognition. But in general, mm-hmm. YouTube favors short-form content, singular topic. That's why like Golden Bell usually does really good on his Bruce Lee stuff because his vids are like 10 to 20 minutes. It's okay. one topic. He's got like a saucy thumbnail and like, you know, and, and, and we could almost take segments from the KFG podcast, like where I answer one question. Mm-hmm. And if we just took that, edited it and then put video over that where, where, where my audio is essentially the uh, well, we, we might do that at some point because we have such a kind of a store of content where yeah. we could just take. One answer I gave to one question where I explained something and then splice in video over my KFG uh, rant over my uh, no not like that like yeah. over my explanation uh-huh. and then repurpose that as a new video I think those would do really well but I, I don't really do the KFG podcast on YouTube for like tons of views all right um, I do it because um, you know I I think it's interesting to talk about this stuff we have a, a small but loyal fan base mm-hmm. and I'm okay with keeping them. Um, and also this, this kind of fills a void for me after big Sean passed, you know, yeah. because I enjoyed having these kind of conversations every week. I think it's also good to just see what kind of things people ask about and what things people are interested in and think about them and, and try to formulate better ideas about what people are thinking about and maybe bring the conversation further. Um, but when I look at my YouTube revenue, all right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, it's never been great. It's a couple hundred bucks a month or something like that. Like our YouTube ad revenue that we get is very, very low. I mean, they're, they're YouTubers that make a living off of YouTube. I'm certainly yeah, not one not of them, one right? Of them. Um, you know, there's some months where it's, 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 it was usually around like 250 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what we do for most of the, every month, right? And a couple months we get more when we do like a lives and then we get like super chats and people pay in and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Or we just have a random video that does really well, like a month where we did the drug letters, right. or the Gene LaBelle video did really good, or like John Little. Yeah. Like those will spike up and then I'll get like $300 on that month. You know, uh-huh. so it's not like crazy money or anything like that. But in the last seven weeks, no, no, even more than that. No, no. Last, uh, oh, it's even, it's almost four months now, I think, right? The YouTube ad revenue is going like this. Steady decline. And it also seems to coincide <laughs> with Andrew not editing my F-bombs. <laughs> That's my story, and I'm the sticking with it. <laughs> the reason why you're not getting paid as a co-host, Dre, is because of Andrew Lynn. Lynn. That's right. The demonetizer. All right. Well, I'm still going to ask his question. All right, fine. All right. Fucking son of a bitch. Andrew, <laughs> feel free to edit these in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what made you decide to go with the scissors gone south for your association's logo? Mm, that's a really good question. It is. You know, it's funny. It, it kind of reminds me of what I just talked about in the previous question about uh, how people love to add stories and narrative to things that are mm, maybe not that big of a deal when they happened or yeah. things that weren't like, you know, 
like, for example, like with Bruce Lee stuff, you know, you have with as a Bruce Lee fan, there are many layers to being a Bruce Lee fan. You know, you have yeah, on the casual side, you have a few different layers of casual, like the guys who've seen his movies or the guys who I kind of like. I consider myself one of those. Yeah, you're definitely a casual, and uh, <laughs> and Why but there are like a few different layers of casuals, and then you get into like the guys who are like really into Bruce Lee. And on, on there, you have different layers and levels and spectrum, right? You have people who are, like, really into his movie stuff who can tell you everything about, like, the movies and the sets and the budgets and who was on it and all that kind of stuff. And then you have people who are, like, really into the Jeet Kune Do side of things who can tell you about who, whom he taught where and what he taught and what the certificates, like, Richard Torres. Even Richard Torres is one of those guys. He can, he can tell you, like, in different stages of Bruce Lee's teaching career how he changed, like, the certificates that he issued. Like, oh, there used to be a dra- I'm just making stuff up. But, like, oh, maybe there was a dragon that was this color, but then later he changed it, and then he, he it wasn't Jeet Kune Do, it was Chun Van Gung Fu. Like, he's, like, he can, he can tell you all Damn. those things, right? So there are, like, layers to that as well right and so sometimes the discussions that kind of certain layers of fans have are like you know why did bruce lee do this and this here right and what ends up happening is like it's that hindsight bias where you kind of take a look at legacy you take a look at narratives you take a look at what sounds nice and then you implant that on some random thing that happened 40 years ago. And you see clearly the reason why Bruce Lee did this is because he was influenced by this guy. And this is why he did this. And maybe the reason why Bruce Lee changed the font or whatever is because uh, he no longer had the same guy to make his certificate. And he had to get someone <laughs> right, else, right? Exactly. But then you're going to be like, no, this represents Bruce Lee's evolution in Jeet Kune Do that uh-huh. he changed this aspect of the certificate to this when it's like, yeah. no, that was when he went from Oakland it's to LA. It's never that deep. He just needed a different dude to make his certificate. It's, so never, that like that. it's never that deep, right? <laughs> so then crazy. we come to this, like, you know, why did I choose the scissors Gansau <laughs> as the logo, right? It's never that serious. And so if, if, I, if, I, if I were to croak right now, which yeah. you'd be very happy about. No, I would kick everything he would never leave the school he'd be over there in his own corner are you kidding me the moment i croak he's sitting in this chair yeah right you're (laughs) gonna be over there (laughs) what and they're gonna have another sound i would not he's been gunning for my position for two years no other sound guy that could do this and have to put up with this kind of nonsense that's right so yeah then and he'll just sit on this side (laughs) and he'll just say i'm the kfg he's not dre he'll be like he's the kfg he's waiting yeah, you know, he's waiting for me to AV8. die of cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, yeah, wearing a pair of aviator glasses. Yeah, like exactly. And exactly. You know I mean? And then I would love to hear the, his answers to questions, you know? Is that? Oh, is oh that my why? God. I just got the best idea for an episode. No. no. Oh, yeah, please. I'm Dre for a day. Stop. You're the KFG. You get to answer the Kung Fu questions for an entire episode. You know what's going to be about 20 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know. We, <laughs> What's strange is you've never noticed all the alcohol I put in your coffee. Every week. Yeah, uh, oddly slowly enough, trying to poison <laughs> yeah, it. Oddly enough, I've never noticed it because, you <laughs> know, it's not happening. It's yes. Not happening. It's not happening. I, but, you know, you've clearly forgotten about all the alcohol you keep putting in your coffee. Oh. That Crack. you keep putting in my coffee. Okay. Okay. Enough. So. Enough. So what I'm saying I is like if, I, if I croaked. People would be, you know, at some point people would go like, why did Sifu choose the scissors Gansau? Yeah. And they'd be like, well, 
The scissors Gansau represents the harmonizing of heaven above and earth below. Oh, wow. Right? Now, it I'm is a. Say that. It is a. And the other guy would say, no, no, no. It's because the scissors Gansau represents the epitome of Wing Chun. Mm. It is a pure attack mm. that can also be used as defense. Therefore, it is simultaneous offense and defense. And the other person wow. would say, no, 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 no. It's because it's a concept that can apply can be applied to to a, to defend the most complex of movements with very simple actions wow and then there would be three factions there would be the <laughs> the people who believed it's the simple movement that can heaven defend advanced stuff right uh, the other people who would say that it's the harmonization of heaven and earth uh-huh. and then the second group which would say you know it is the repres- the epitome of simultaneous offense and yeah. defense right uh-huh. and these three factions of my former students would hate each other and they would fight and they would they would create their own associations i'll be the heaven and earth guy yeah where they you know you would have the uh, city wing chun heaven and earth guys you would have the city wing chun (laughs) simultaneously no because look this is every martial art this is every religion this is everything after the founder croaks wow that the, the the students start to argue about the most unimportant shit and they Mm. create these divisions and then they create these new institutions based on divisions that do not actually exist in the real world. Would you haunt us with this trash that we're doing? He'd haunt you three, but he'd be hanging out with me because you know what my faction would be? (laughs) What? The hot scissors gun. Oh my God. See, then there's the fourth faction, which has to go there. That's the go there (laughs) faction. The hot scissors gun. Hey, hey. All right? (laughs) So hot. You guys have nothing but gutter brains. This guy. I'm just saying it was hot that day and you thought about the scissors gun. It was hot. It was a hot summer day. All right, so what what I'm trying to say, (laughs) while you guys keep dragging it into the gutter (laughs) of your puerile mindsets, all right? Jesus. I can't. Okay? I just got what he said. <laughs> I just got it. Jesus it just, God. it just, he just figured it, it out. It just hit me. <laughs> that shows. And then there's the fifth faction of former City Wing Chun suits. That, I just got I it. I just got it. There's <laughs> a right. couple I can think of that will so, be in that faction. So basically, people after the fact will try to kind of, they will latch on to whatever they think is important. And then they will try to find certain words said by the founder which support what they think is important and then use that as a narrative to support theirs and then swear that this is the only interpretation. Dang. And so, yeah, if I, if I died today of cirrhosis of the liver mm-hmm. and then my students decided to argue about why is the Scissors Gansau the logo and then there would be these three or four factions and you guys would all hate each other no. created on divisions which is based all on your bullshit assessment no. as to why... I use that as the logo, and I'm going to tell you why I use that as a logo. Why? Why? All right. I'm going to tell you <laughs> why? the why? deep thought process. This is Gonsal Concepts. Okay. No. <laughs> no. All right. Why? My good friend, yeah. Erzan. Erzan. Andach, yes. All right. Turkish brother from another mother. Okay. In, uh, lives in Germany. Yeah. Known him for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now, you know... I suppose a personal trainer of sorts, um, but he's like really on the cutting edge of personal training stuff. And mm. he's also trained with Dr. Kenneth J. And, and he works out of like a really cool club in uh, the Dusseldorf area, I think. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, he also does Wing Chun and he's 
come and train here at City Wing Chun, and, and so he's a you know good old friend. He's my kung fu. He uncle. used to be a bit of a graphic designer, ah. and one time, he took the scissors gansel from Sifu Lengting's Buji poster, yeah, and he turned it into a silhouette, and he did it with the red, white, and blue like the NBA logo. Right. And I saw that, and I was like, "Yo, that's fire!" He just randomly did it. He just did it. He showed it to me. I'm yeah. like, "Yo, can I can I use that?" He's like, "Yeah, man, you can have it. It's yours." Uh. And then so I took it, and then back in the day, I had it as a single shirt. Remember, we used to have the black shirt yes, just with that on there, right? I love that shirt. I still and have then, mine yeah. somewhere. And then kind of after I quit the IWTA, and then I started to think, okay, well, I have the City Wing Chun logo for my school. But then I started to say, well, maybe that logo can be the logo for my association, mm. for like all the schools that are under our banner. And then I created the City Wing Chun Athletic Association, which I obviously borrowed from the Wing Chun Athletic Association. Um, and what I like about that, um, the name Athletic Association is that uh, it, it's kind of it's not just a place for martial arts, but it's like for those those who don't know. Oh God, everyone knows Dre. Stop making it about you, Jesus. No, but that's that's it, right? No, I get it. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. No one wants to see your yeah. legs. Plus Dre. Plus Dre. You always forget. Podcast listeners. For can't most see that. people, this is an yeah. audio podcast. Yeah, you're right. All you're right. right. Yeah. yeah for right. everyone on audio, Dre just showed his leg. <laughs> We, KFG and I are disturbed. Stop. That's right. That's Stop. right. So uh, I just My thought tattoo. I just thought I just thought it was really cool, mm-hmm. and uh, I took it. I made a T-shirt out of it, and it kind of looked like the NBA logo a little bit, but on Wing Chun, right? And uh, I like the red, white, and blue, not because of the American flag, because the same color as the Cuban flag. Hey, and that's it. Uh, and then eventually, when I you know created the City Wing Chun Athletic Association, then I, I did that. I, I wrote out City Wing Chun Athletic Association, the Chinese, and then put that logo on the side, and then that then became the association logo. But it literally started with uh, I just thought it was cool. Mm. So when I do eventually croak, let it be known, all right, no. that there was no deeper meaning. Behind the selection of that, that logo. Deep. It's never that it's serious. It's never that serious. It's never that serious. All right? But people will make it that way yeah. because everyone loves a story. Mm. Everyone loves it to be deeper meaning. We are pattern-seeking primates, wow. okay? So we will seek patterns and narratives and stories even where none exist yeah. because we like these things. Unlike it gives those, meaning. those other right? primates out there. Yeah, unlike those non-pattern-forming un- primates. We won't name them. Yeah, they keep bumping their yeah. heads because they don't figure <laughs> shit out, all right? <laughs> right. Okay. Right. All right, let's we go. We are the pattern seekers. Yeah. What else uh, we got? Let's see. Uh, next up, let me, uh, let me just scroll. My yeah, bad. why don't you scroll? I mean, yeah, I didn't, do your job. I scroll. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. scroll. Okay, well, so next up, was it Dr. Eisen? Yeah. No, Dreisen. it's actually Dreisen. Oh, come on. I let me make sure I didn't extra scroll. Is that because no, yeah. In the, in the, the words right, of the great right, Matt Chorba, putting the pathetic in hypothetical. Because <laughs> it's going to be a hypothetical, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know. I haven't read it yet. Oh, <laughs> Serenity now. All right, Serenity let's go. Now. Let's go. Dreisen is you asking. You keep pointing at it. You have not pointed at a single question you've asked me thus far, but when it's Dreisen, Dreisen suddenly it's the fingers like, yeah. all right, here we go. It's, it's right here. Look how he scratches his face. That's called a self-soothing mechanism. In, uh, <laughs> what? In, in, in uh, you know, behavior recognition, all right? Yeah. When people yeah. are uncomfortable telling lies, they, they self-soothe. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Uh, with That's a real serious. thing? Keep going, Dre. Yeah, keep going, Dre. Watch all of his self-soothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Watch. Hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> this 
Let me finish reading. Let me finish reading, yeah. bro. He keeps okay. repeating the word reading to yeah. emphasize that he's actually reading he's actually this. Reading. He's not just making it up. He's reading. It's All amazing. Right, he can't actually read in general. So like, hey, what's up, y'all? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He never reads any other question shaking his hand this no, absolutely way. Absolutely not. All right, we, go ahead, Dre. Cross my arms like I usually do. Another self soother. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you feel uncomfortable with your arms hanging, you cross them because it's a soothing mechanism. It's like you're hugging yourself. So yep. this is also an indication of deception right mm -hmm. here. All right, 100%. continue. Just want to give y'all a shout out, say happy Thanksgiving to y'all. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Have, hope you had a great. Black Friday as well. Hope you got everything you wanted. Is Dryson suddenly from the South? Does Dryson give notes as to how to read his questions? No. Dryson <laughs> is everyone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's a self-soother here. Absolutely. All right. Question he has for, at least f five signs of deception right now, according to, question police, according to police KFG. interrogators. Yes. Question for the KFG. Mm how -hmm. in the hell... Did John Claude Van Damme get that bump on his head? Wow. That's a serious question. That's a serious question. It's not a hypothetical. I am stunned by this question. Me too. I've always I've, wondered that. You I've know, always wondered this. Yeah, I've always wondered yeah. that. He has a very prominent bump yeah. on his skull on the, on, on, like, the, on the right side, yeah. I think. Right? Like it's a protrusion. Yeah, I mean, it just could be some, you know, thing that he was born with, right? Yeah. I, I don't think it's. it's a, a horn. I, don't, I don't think it's like a contusion gone wrong. It could be one single devil horn that is not fully matured, right? Yeah. Um, but I will say this: what it is something that once you see it, you can't unsee it. You will never unsee it. I believe. It's always. There. I think it was Mikey Dean who pointed out one of those things to me, but it could be someone else. About Tom Cruise. About Tom Cruise, absolutely. Yes. What if you look at Tom Cruise's smile now? Yeah. One of his two teeth. The two front teeth. Front, in one of the two front teeth. Yeah, one of his two teeth. One of his two front teeth. He's <laughs> <laughs> had a rough couple of years. Yeah. Damn. Um, yeah, all the meth. But Damn. it's like, um, it's in the dead center. It's in dead center of his, of his mouth, face. Of his face. So, right? you know, like his two, what are the, are these your incisors or bicuspids? What are these called? Bicuspids? Or what, what are the front teeth? Bicuspids, because the incisors are. Yeah, those there, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's two, you know, the two teeth on the front. If you look at Tom Cruise's smile, one of those is Dead center, center, like it's right, it's like right under his, like right under the center of his nose, right? Yeah. If you like actually put a line down the middle yeah, of his face. Yeah, it's right under the philtrum right here. I and it's right in the middle. And once you see that, when I saw Top Gun 2, uh -huh. was after he told me that. Yeah. And it's not just like photos in the middle, like every time he starts talking, I go, You're oh my looking. God, his tooth is in the middle of his face. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> yes. And you cannot unsee it. All right. Oh my God, I gotta see this. Yes, now. no, now, and you won't uh, like once you know that about yeah. Tom Cruise, you go, hey, oh my God, his no. tooth is in the middle of his face. I'm gonna and watch so, all of them. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know why. <laughs> all you need only see one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll get the effect after one viewing, right? After one. Um, and then, but Jean Claude Van Damme's head bump. Once you see it, you yeah. you you can't unsee it's, it's, it. Yeah. So where is it? Because the thing is, I've never known about this head bump until today. Oh you, no, it's, it's it's on his forehead. I think serious? it's on. I think it's on the right side. You've never he known has like about a, this like head a, bump. Like a bump here. It just looks like a. It yeah. looks like a small contusion that's sticking it's out. 
Yeah. Oh, wait, it's so about, about that s- size and diameter. So, so essentially, you've both ruined Bloodsport for me. Yeah. It's like, he's got a, it's, like he's got ha- it's like he's got half a walnut shell under his skin. <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay, well, All right. I, mean, I, I, I always it's need a good excuse to watch no, it is. Bad diesel. Like, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. And once you see, and I remember when we had our famous encounter with Jean-Claude Van Damme. No. Did you see it and then? And he turned around. It was the no. first thing I looked at. <laughs> I can't. Maybe. I'm done. You know what? I'm done. You know what? Maybe that's why he was salty and blew us off. Because you looked and you stared yeah, at it. Because him. it's like someone who's got a big ass mole on their face and you keep staring at their mole, right? <laughs> they know. I saw it. Austin Powers the yeah, other day. Yeah, they know. Where he had a, a, a Fred Savage. Savage. Yeah. And he's like, nice to mole. Meet your mole. 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 Don't say mole. Moly, 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 moly. Moly, moly, right? And uh, yeah, even in Uncle Buck or whatever, yeah. there's a scene where John Candy's in there with like some principal and she had a mole on her face and he wow. just goes, he throws a quarter at her and he goes, why don't you go downtown and go have a rat and all that thing off your face, right? So there's this thing like when you just see it, you can't stop looking at it. Wow. So maybe when I came up behind him and I said, excuse me, Mr. Van Damme, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing I've ever said. The moment I, I told, I've said this many times, but you don't understand, all right? There are... Once you're at a certain age, you've said many words in many combinations. All the combinations. But but you know what? There are certain things you've never said in combination and probably never will. And every once in a while, especially when you're old like us, you will say a sentence, which is a combination of words that you know the meaning of. But that particular sentence is the first time you've ever uttered no. those words in that it's order true. out of your mouth. You could have easily just went, yo, JCVD. Yeah, but I would have never have said yeah. that either in my life. <laughs> okay. What? I would have no, said no, so that. It, no, I mean like previously. Yeah. And just saying that, excuse me, Mr. Van Damme. <laughs> and the moment I said that, I was like, oh my God, I never said that before. No. He turns around and looks at me with those eyes. <laughs> Cold that, black eyes, ball. like doll's eyes. Yeah. Oh, it was Jaws, by the way. He turns around, he looks at me, and I just remember looking at that bump, and just for a moment being fixated, I'm like, oh my God, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme's bump that I've only seen in movies, Now I'm oh. looking at it in real life. Oh, no. And then oh, maybe no. he saw me looking at his bump. Maybe. And he was like, yo, screw this guy. <laughs> All right? Screw this guy, man. You know what's crazy? I do. You never realized that. No. And that's what happened. It could be. It could wow. be. Yeah. That's yeah, why he absolutely. gave you that 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 cold shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Maybe stop later. Looking at my bump. Like Maybe this, later. All right. Bump. Look at so, that. So um. Yeah. So his anyway. Bump browser. I don't know what the deal with his bump. Did he always have that? I think he always had that bump. He might have been born with that bump. You know, we need he to find a out. Slipped shell underneath his, his forehead. That's right. So just when he was what movie drugs. did he get it from? I don't think. I think he's when always did, had it. He always had it. Yeah. I think if you went back and watched Breaking, Breakin'. when he was in Breaking. He in the background, got it, and you got look there, in. and you could zoom in if you got the you new 4K <laughs> release of Breaking, <laughs> and you'd go there and you'd see him in the corner, does right? And you'd look exist? and you'd go, like, dude, he had the bump back then. I don't know, KFG fans, does anyone know why yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme has please. a bump on his head? Please chime, chime in. in below. All right, what else you got for me? 
<laughs> so many people are confused about basics in Wing Chun Chi Sao. Some view it as a collection of moves and masters confuse their own students by talking of principles and concepts without telling them what's what. The 15 Chi Sao Fundamentals is my attempt at explaining Wing Chun Chi Sao from a perspective of principles, but also with the basic techniques required to express those principles. It shows the framework for Hong Kong Wing Chun Chi Sao, in particular, the training of Pun Sao and Lap Da. This is necessary training before going on to the higher and more spontaneous expressions of Chi Sao. Right now, if you use the code KFG Chi Sao, you can get a signed copy of my book for the price of the unsigned one. Click on the link in the description below and use the code KFG Chi Sao at checkout to get a signed copy of this full color, over 230 page manual on the vital foundational training exercise of Wing Chun. This offer is good while supplies last, so get yours today. Wow, Axel Stone. Mm -hmm. Hey Alex, I have another question for you regarding Bruce's death. Oh, uh, here we go, because I'm the expert at that. You are. I am not. You are. There are no Bruce Lee death experts. <laughs> so if, we if Bruce know. Lee were alive today, he wouldn't yeah. tell you what he died of. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah. I don't know, man. He's yeah. had a headache. And I, just, I, oh, woke, before you I actually, woke up dead. Yeah, before yeah. you ask this question, because I think it might be sort of relevant, in my Instagram feed of Sorry. my about like all different accounts keep coming up with this apparently this new thing that someone's discovered that Bruce Lee might have died from drinking too much water. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, can we address that? The but, elephant well, in the let's, room. Let's just finish the question and we'll go into that. Okay, let's put a, let's put a bookmark on that yeah. one. I definitely want to talk about that. All right, yep. let's go. Oh, God. So we know about his drug habit, how stressed he was, how little he was eating, the weight loss, the dehydration, mm -hmm. which is okay. Mm -hmm. And how much he was go, go, go all the time. I suspect that it was ultimately a combination of things that killed him, mm -hmm. including self-neglect in terms of his health and not being able to take a step back. And obviously, the collapse on May 10th showed something was wrong. Right. Whatever was going on was something that had been going on for a while. Right. I just wondered what your opinion is on what actually broke the camel's back. What, in your opinion, was it that finally killed him? Do you think it was the mepropamate? Well, I can answer that. In the it was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> the cocaine straw. <laughs> I yes. can't with you people. I do think his friends Linda did contribute, friends slash Linda did contribute to what happened because they were around him enough to see him going downhill. Didn't Dan Inasato say Bruce seemed different or just not himself when he saw him in Hong Kong? And, <laughs> and didn't seem to have his well-being best interest in mind. But I also understand that Bruce was extremely driven, so maybe he didn't listen. At the time, I'm sorry. At the same time, though, I wonder if these conversations ever even happened. Telling him to slow down, stop the drugs, I don't know. Watching your video on the letters he wrote, it seems clear he was aware it wasn't doing him any good. 
I'm almost done, by the way. You know, I think that question was actually only three, three lines, but you <laughs> managed to turn it into three paragraphs. Oh, wow. Really long paragraphs. <laughs> the whole situation about, about Bruce was what happened to him is so complex. So many different facets up to the story. I guess it's hard to put it down to one thing. I promise it's almost over. I just wondered if you thought there was a final thing that just caused everything to collapse, if that makes sense. Maybe you could answer my question in a video. Thanks. I spent the year here one afternoon. I started reading this at... Uh, half an hour 50, ago. Yeah, half 50. an hour ago. And now it's 54, okay. 40. Yeah. Uh, so I totally agree that, um, there were a number of factors that were <laughs> not positive that were going on towards the end of Bruce Lee's life. You know, his, uh, <clears throat> definitely some kind of self neglect. I mean, he was kind of burning the candle at both ends, as we like to say here in the good old America. Mm -hmm. Um, he, uh, yeah, was probably not taking super good care of himself because he was really overworked. I mean, don't forget he was 32 years old. You know, 32 is still very young. You feel like you can push it, you know? And it's just possible that he kind of was running himself into the ground with not getting enough sleep, not getting enough food, not getting enough rest. Um, because it's not just about the rest that you get getting from sleeping. You also, need, you also need non-sleeping rest as well. So you need to also be able to rest your body while you're awake. That's also part of it for recovery. Mm. Um, and, you know, on top of the other stress, personal stress, um, obviously the drug use, the cocaine, all that kind of stuff. I mean, this kind of all mixes to create a, uh, a somewhat volatile cocktail of not really living well. Um, but I can't say, I mean, again, I get this question all the time. Okay. I am not a medical expert. Mm. Okay. I have a copy of Bruce Lee's, I have a copy of Bruce Lee's autopsy. Mm -hmm. I've read it. But who the fuck cares about what my opinion is on a medical... It makes no sense. People need to stay in their lane, okay? I have zero medical training, all right? Zero medical training, all right? I can speculate that I believe that the cocaine was probably the main factor that contributed to his death. Because one of the problems with all these death theories, like Mikey was talking about earlier, is most of the so-called death theories including the official one, do not take into consideration what happened on May 10th. All right, so Bruce Lee died on July 20th. Mm -hmm. All right, so on May 10th, two, two months and a little bit over a week earlier, mm -hmm. he had, for all intents and purposes, an identical incident, okay? He had, he collapsed, he started to have a seizure, he had headache, he had brain swelling. They took him to the hospital in time, and they were able to reduce the swelling. They didn't know why he had gotten the brain swelling. He had ingested some hash or whatever, but he may have taken some other stuff. Because it seems that even to some of his doctors, he was somewhat upfront about his marijuana use, but he was not upfront about his cocaine use. Because, and we know about his cocaine use through the drug letters, mm -hmm. but he wasn't telling his doctors that. So that's, I think, why the quote-unquote cannabis got a lot of uh, play in terms of what, what was going on with him because he just he wasn't telling his doctors he was using cocaine, all right? 
uh, probably because of how illegal it was in Hong Kong, right? Mm. Maybe he was like afraid, you know, that the doctor is going to be a snitch or something like that, right? <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so I've looked into what cocaine does in terms of breaking down the blood-brain barrier and how this can lead to cerebral edema, which is what Bruce Lee has. There was a very early report in the Hong Kong press after Bruce Lee died that when the paramedics came to pick up Bruce Lee, that they found in Betty's apartment uh, a cocaine straw. That was only mentioned in one very, very early report. And it's Hong Kong press, which can be sensationalistic, so they also may have made it up. But there was no speculation that Bruce had been doing cocaine at that time. And it wow. was reported that there was a cocaine straw found in Betty Tingpei's apartment back then before anyone even suspected the it. same room? Yes, yeah, so it's very possible. And also mm. the other thing is, is, is many people like to say, like, well, there was no cocaine in his autopsy. They did not check for cocaine in the toxicology report. I remember once I was going back and forth with someone in the comments, he was like, they didn't found cocaine in his autopsy. I said, yeah, it wasn't in there. They didn't, they, they, they didn't look for it. He's like, see? I go, no, no, no. They didn't look for it. Mm. I go, it's not in the toxicology report. They looked specifically for cannabis because they knew that he had it. And they looked for poisons and metals. They did not actually look for cocaine which is kind of weird because you would normally assume they would just do a full screen of everything. Yeah. Check them for everything and then, then figure out what's what afterwards. They were very specific about what they checked and what they didn't check. Um, so me, as a non-medical professional, knowing that just three months prior, two months prior, <clears throat> he most probably two months prior, he received a $500 order of cocaine from Bob Baker. That meant that he was sitting on a relatively large stash of that stuff, Brand right? New stash. And of course, there's some people who speculate that he was selling that stuff because he wanted like a, a scale and stuff like that. But um, there's not a whole lot to indicate that that was going on. We can speculate that. But what we do know is that around May, around the time of his first collapse, Bruce Lee was in possession of $500 worth in $1973 of cocaine. Shh. So, How much um, is that, Mike? That's a lot. All right. So, so anyway, <laughs> so, so we can say that probably it had something to do with the cocaine, which they didn't check either time. But that's still speculation. And, and, and again, the thing that always bothers me is the fact that someone has a YouTube channel doesn't mean that their opinion is any more qualified than anyone else's, all right? Mm. You know, when mm. sometimes people write in the comments like they get upset because someone said this on YouTube. Well, why do you give a fuck what someone says on YouTube, all right? And my opinion on Bruce Lee's death, okay, means a big fat zero because one, I wasn't there. Two, I'm only operating with the same level of information that anyone else really has access to. Three, maybe what makes me different is that I don't really have any skin in the game. If Bruce Lee died from cocaine use, if he died from cannabis poisoning, if he died from equagesic, if he died from ninjas, if he died from Betty was autoerotic asphyxiating him, whatever, none of that would change anything for me in terms of what I think about Bruce Lee and his legacy, uh -huh. all right? And I don't have access to the you know, CCTV camera inside Betty Tingpei's bedroom on that day. Oh, man. So literally, I could point, put together all these things that would make sense. 
the, the thing with the Bruce Lee death conspiracies is that if you hone in on one of them, you can easily construct using facts of the case, anything that will support what your theory is, and you can make it sound reasonable if you argue it in a reasonable way. And then people go, wow, well, I didn't really think that the official maprobamate thing made sense, but since so-and-so explained it to me, actually now it does make sense. Yes, because you can make that make sense. You can also make him being killed by triads in the park, being hit in the back of the head, the, the um, uh, fancy Wong's father's story, you can also make that seem plausible, all right? Because then you can look at the autopsy photo where his neck looked like this, da, 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 and say, ah, something was going on there. Uh, and then you can make the cocaine thing work, right? And then you, the, so you pick one, you cherry pick the facts that support it, you say it convincingly on a YouTube video, and then anyone who disagrees with you gets upset, and then anyone who agrees with you posts that video saying, no, this is the proof. It's not proof. There is no proof, all right? The, the, anything that I could say about Bruce Lee's death is proof of only one thing, proof of my opinion. Mm. It's not proof of the facts. And, and, and we can have these conversations, but I think where the conversations need to end is in the definitive saying of what killed him. I believe it was cocaine. I also know that I could be totally wrong. And if someone comes and proves me wrong, I'm fine with it because him dying of cocaine is not a hill that I'm trying to die on. Okay. It's just given all the new information that we have, it seems to be a pretty plausible reason. Okay. But I could also be wrong and I'm also fine with being wrong. Like this, the, the thing is that the, because of people like me or they like what I say, they're like, well, the KFG believes that Bruce Lee died of cocaine. Yeah, so fucking what? All right? Doesn't mean that he did. All right? Like... Stop putting people on YouTube on pedestals. The fact that you see them on your phone or your TV screen gives them no credibility. What someone's opinion is about Bruce Lee, who didn't know Bruce Lee or doesn't like Bruce Lee or super likes Bruce Lee, is nothing more than just their opinion and needs not be anything more than that. You can look at it, like it, not like it, not respond to it. You have the option of not responding to what people say online. Right. I want to know. So anyway, Mi Mikey, Mikey, what he's yeah. talking about real quick is that um, it's been doing the rounds recently. Of course, by the time this episode comes out, it's probably going to be a few weeks uh, separated from it. But like I've been getting this. And, and the unfortunate thing about my social media is um, yeah. I have lots of followers on social media and they very well intentioned. This article came out that, oh, they, they believe the new Bruce Lee death theory is that he died from drinking too much water into hypernutremia or whatever, like basically you kind of flood your system and your kidneys can't handle it kind of thing, right? Wow. And uh, yeah, it's also interesting. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, okay, at all. Um, but it is sometimes interesting that suddenly scientists found this totally benign way that Bruce Lee died so we can maybe stop talking about the drug letters. You understand well, what I'm saying? Like, no, 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 it wasn't cocaine. It wasn't even equagesic. He was drinking too much let water. You, let me tell you, firsthand, mm -hmm. untrue, impossible. Well, it's not impossible. It, 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 is, actually, it is actually possible. No, firsthand, <clears throat> I, know, I know it can't happen because I drank so much water once. No drink. Okay, no, right. drink. No, no drink. No drink. This is called confirmation bias. Okay. All right? I drank so much water once. 
yeah. all right, is your subjective experience being 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 placed on a medical diagnosis of something that actually can happen. It actually does happen. Yes. Okay, so here's all the right? other thing about that. So you say the conspiracy theory about the trying to avoid the drugs. Anytime this has happened in England, which it has happened, it's because the person did too much ecstasy. Uh-huh. And they could, their brain wasn't able to tell them that they were overhydrated because when you take drugs, you're supposed to right. like hydrate, right? right? So this coming to, to, as a conspiracy theory to try and get them to turn away from the drugs, it's actually not very good because it just kind of reinforces. Yeah, the but I think not a lot of people are that savvy about it. No, it absolutely. Just, it just seems you know. that it just seems that like now people are like, or maybe certain interested parties a year after the drug letters are kind of starting to think. Yeah, I think people are starting to kind of generally feel that maybe the cocaine had something to do with it. Let's find a very benign way for, you know, which is funny. It's like, why didn't they just go with the heat stroke theory from Matt Pauly, even though it might, it's probably not true. But the heat stroke theory at least is a very benign way. Like, oh, he was just too hot or whatever, right? Um, so I kind of feel like it, 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 it seems like for certain parties are really pushing it. And here's the thing. Uh, these kind of things show up on my social media automatically because I follow only martial arts stuff. So the day the article came out, I saw a post of the article on my social media. Mm. And then hundreds of people in the next three days send me that article. Like, Yo, KFG, did you read this? <laughs> and they're sending it to me uh, on Facebook. They're sending it to me on Instagram. They're tagging me in the posts of it. They're tagging me in the comments of it. And I'm just like, guys, when an article comes out about Bruce Lee, all right, I'm good. I, I probably got it before you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, don't, I don't need hundreds of people to send me this shit. And it also doesn't make sense because if you look at Bruce Lee's body in the last few days of his life, all right? Yeah. They don't um, look like the idea a lot that of water. this guy was overloaded on water, all right? Uh, when he was probably the most striated in his life at the time of his death seems really difficult because we've seen Bruce Lee less striated, like in the 60s, where yeah. he. He had, you know, he was fit, but he wasn't like that super striated, like almost bodybuilder type level right. of body fat. And you see that especially after Enter, around Enter the Dragon, where he was way more striated than he was in Way of the Dragon. And when you see him, he was super gaunt and super striated in those last few months. And to think that this represented a water-loaded Bruce Lee... Um, it seems really far-fetched. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like, I don't believe the drug letters were Quentin Tarantino's revenge on Shannon Lee or whatever. Oh, wow. Um, it's easy to draw these kind of connections. Uh, but me being a non-conspiracy theorist, mm -hmm. I would just say I find the timing of this benign water reason for him dying in the wake of the drug letters and all the other stuff that's come out kind of curious. And that's all. I gotta say about that. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Kung Fu Genius. As always, don't forget to like this episode, subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius, hit that bell for notifications. And if you have any questions you want me to answer on a future episode, go ahead and write those in the comments below. And as always, I'll see you guys next time. Word is I'm a Kung Fu Genius. Technique speaks for me, not lineage. Forget Jet Li, cause I'm the one. Many call me Sifu, but to you I'm Seagung. And I produce masters. You surpassed us. Your Kung Fu stiffer than corpse and caskets. City Wing Chung is the house I built. Violate the gate and your blood gets spilt. Alex Richter, always the victor.
professional yeah, twat. Yeah, professional twat. I love being a professional. <laughs> all right, you're a professional twat. Twat. <laughs> and she's, dude, all of that's got to be edited out, Dre, and you just brought it back in. No, I know what it's like to edit. You get like, the, you can't like reference something he just cut out. It makes no sense. Well, uh, yeah, and I, 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 Andrew's great, and I've seen how he edits. He sometimes forgets to leave, like edit out f-bombs. He'll be fine. Yeah. What's What's interesting is Andrew is. He's um, consistently inconsistent with my F-bombs. I'll watch an episode, and I usually try to watch the episode when he gives them to me before I send them out to Patreon, (laughs) just to make sure. (laughs) But I I don't have time anymore. I mean, like the last five to six episodes, Uh, I just take his word for it that it's okay, Okay. and I post it out there, and then I'll watch it sometimes on Monday when we have the premiere with everyone, and then it'll be like, you know, so F-bomb is Mm -hmm. deleted out, and then halfway through the episode, there'll be like two f-bombs yeah. that he leaves in <laughs> and i'm like oh man yeah i decided his wwe ring name is the demonetizer <laughs> demonetizer yeah you just right. got to control yourself that's what i think yeah it's the wow. problem is the problem problem is problem me, is right? you yeah <laughs> who taught you how to drop f-bombs <laughs> you all right yeah i learned it by watching you yeah all right <laughs> shout out to 1980s drug commercials yes yeah. yes the best ones yeah yeah i mean now they're oh, yeah. commercials for weed i suppose <laughs> but back in the back in the 80s this is your brain yeah. this is your brain on no, drugs the pdas right? i mean psas yes psas wow, yeah really? no pdas for you yeah definitely not especially not when we go to sapphire 39 for page van Zandt. jesus christ what yeah. and yes. uh Yes. yes. Thanks. Yeah. Now my lady is gonna know. Yeah. Do not edit that out, Andrew. No, All right. edit okay. that totally. Okay. So, uh huh. Okay. Then I'm gonna very slightly hand you over the tablet. Oh, that was so Dre's, smooth. Dre's computer is not working. So, uh, <laughs> user error. One would user say. error. Never <laughs> has never shut it off in the 11 years he's owned it. The yeah. ac- the acronym in in my co- industry is computer user needs training. And whatever was going. Oh, I just... He has one job, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, hold on, man. Why is it going there? Obviously, okay, May 10th. And then it just happened. I just wondered what... You know what's funny is I put my finger there, so I wouldn't lose space in yeah. reading. Yeah, And I totally... Yeah, and then you were like, wait. Botched it, Was my it finger up. where I'm supposed to yeah. read, or is it on the next line or the exactly. line before? Yeah, I know. <laughs> lots of gems, lots of F-bombs, and lots of SKFG. SKFG! Anything! I AMA! Pay- all right, peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be answering all sorts of hot nonsense from YouTube. Lots of gems, lots of F-bombs, lots of S. Go ahead, come on. Ask them. You got one more chance. I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna beat your ass if you don't do it this time. I'm gonna beat you on the episode.